It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock tonight right here on News Talk 1400. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Steve Kelly with you. Matt Daniels in the house as well. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen will join us on the telephone. Matthew, how's it going with you these days? Doing well. Uh, you know, seeing some Illinois football players return to Memorial Stadium today kind of, you know, was a, a little bit of a boost to, to the spirits and, and the hope that, uh, you know, the local sports scene can resume at uh, it's whatever schedule they want to implement but uh, it was good to see about 40 Illinois football players uh, you know walk into Memorial Stadium earlier today to begin kind of the process of returning to campus and to to start voluntary summer workouts and all the testing protocols that they're going to have to undergo here uh, in this week and how that's going to look yeah. Don't really know because we're not going to see much of exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> that's true. You know, Illinois did come out with a, a statement earlier today, and uh, they're not going to release anything if an athlete tests positive for COVID nineteen at all. And uh, contrary, contrasting that, Iowa in the last hour released a statement saying they had one positive test of two hundred and thirty seven athletes that are back on campus. So. Not too sure what we're going to find out in terms of numbers of anything. Uh, if Illinois an Illinois student athlete does test positive for COVID nineteen as they return to campus, uh, although talking to Randy Ballard uh, this past Friday, the director of uh, sports medicine over there at Illinois, he did indicate that that will likely happen. They're yeah. going to have athletes that are going to test positive, and they have a robust plan plan in place to uh, to deal with everything uh, in regards to that. Bob Osmussen with us on the telephone. How's it going there, Bob? I'm good. What are your thoughts Great, about uh, the football players getting back on campus and your thoughts about uh, what's going on at Iowa? I know you have a vested interest in the Iowa program and you've got followed that over the years, but uh, even more so now. But uh, your thoughts on the Illinois players getting back on campus uh, bit by bit? Well, I think Matt, Matt just said it perfectly right. There's going to be positive tests there. Uh, how many players they test? There's going to be some. We're not going to be surprised when it happens in Iowa. Again, I like that they said, yes, we've got one. I can't tell exactly what Illinois is going to do. I know they're not going to be telling us, hey, Joe Smith has COVID-19. I doubt they'll, I don't think they, they could do that legally. But I think they maybe should be broader and say, hey, we got a couple positive tests or whatever they want to do. Um, they're going to be probably pretty strict about their laws. And I wrote about this for tomorrow. It's, it's a step. It's the first step on of many steps that's going to be needed to have this to have football come back in the fall. But right now, I'm more hopeful today than it was yesterday. Our phone line is open if you'd like to jump in, 356-9397. Coming up at 530, we'll talk things over with Illinois golf coach Mike Small. The uh, professional golf tours coming back this week. We'll talk about that uh, this weekend. A lot of... Uh, Guys with Illinois ties will be in action. 
Scott Ritchie here as well. Some of the basketball guys are among the group of uh, the first group of people to uh, to get back. Uh, have you had a chance to visit with him? We know Georgie's been here, and some of the other guys <laughs> have been around. But uh, have you had a chance to uh, to kind of find out what's going on with them? Uh, not really. And you know, I've sent out some you know, requests for players that yeah haven't really yeah. Yielded much. I did get a chance to talk with uh, Brad Underwood and Stephen Gentry and Orlando Antigua at the end of last week, and uh, they're more than ready to you know, get back to at least a little bit of normalcy. Uh, obviously, you know, they're not going to have a lot of hands-on you know, work with the players to start. I mean, that's going to be Adam Fletcher. It's kind of that's going to be his domain for a while, at least through the, the rest of this month, but. Even just you know, made the opportunity to see some of the guys that have been gone for for three months. Uh, they're yeah, definitely fortunate. I know as Stephen Gentry said that everything ended so abruptly, and the players were you know asked to leave Champagne, go to their permanent homes. You know, just all kind of all of a sudden, there, there wasn't maybe a chance to even like say goodbye, you know, in like you know a real way. So um, just kind of you know. Recreating that uh, that team atmosphere back on campus that's been uh, Zoom only for three months uh, is kind of you know their their focus may at the start because there's not going to be five on five basketball right away or even anything remotely close to that but just reestablishing Illinois as a basketball program so to speak is yeah. kind of a first step. Part of those many many details, Matt, is the coaches and staff. They've got to be tested as well before mm-hmm. they're allowed to go back into their office, even or to uh, Memorial Stadium or to the State Farm Center or Ubbin or mm-hmm. what, whatever. So that's all got to happen, and it's probably pretty likely one of those guys may test positive too. So it's it, there's a lot to to have happen before we even start thinking about whether or not a season's going to happen. Yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing, uh, you know, evolving fluid situation and those are, you know, buzzwords we've heard for the better part of of 3 months and uh yeah, it's going to be interesting if any of the coaching staff does test positive uh, for COVID-19 and and what that would entail with plans moving forward. Again, we're also starved for live sporting events that these summer workouts that they're going to have happen are probably going to be the most heavily scrutinized covered summer workouts in history, possibly. I know we've got a story uh, tomorrow just on the local high school scene because Unity High School in Tolono, their football team, got some workouts in today in the weight room and on the track over there at Hicksfield down in Tolono. But going back to Illinois basketball for a second, Scott's right too, just the abrupt ending of last season where – if you think back to that fateful week in March, which started out on such a high that Monday morning, Illinois basketball and Illinois fans were feeling great about themselves because they just come off beating Iowa in a raucous atmosphere at State Farm Center. The Big Ten ter- tournament was about to start. Illinois knew they were going to be in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2013. They were just basically playing that week of the Big Ten tournament for where they were going to fall on the seed line. And then for everything to transpire in such a short amount of time from Io DeSumo and Brad Underwood talking with the media the Wednesday before the Big Ten tournament, kind of even not deflecting the thought of playing with no fans in attendance, but really not even giving that much thought to it because it was such a new thought in, in the, the sports world conversation to then going over to Indy, having that ill-fated last practice at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And, it's the, taken on mythical proportions. Exactly. Yeah, how uh, good it was. The, the basket was 10 feet high and the court was the same length, things like that. Um, but then just to deal with the raw emotions that they had, not only from having their season end so abruptly and losing out on the 
playing in the NCAA tournament, but having to leave campus in such a, a fashion that, like Scott mentioned, they didn't even get a chance to, you know, kind of have closure on, on what everything transpired because everything in those days was just moving at a breakneck speed and we're all just kind of adjusting and preparing for what was going on at the time. And Scott, another week has gone by with no uh, real update on uh, the situation for um, Io or Kofi. That date has been moved to uh, probably August 3rd, depending on whether or not there's a combine. It's going to be August 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> for it's the, the withdrawal deadline to uh be any other date i mean it'd be 10 days after the combine right and this ha- the combine hasn't been set yet so it kind of makes it unlikely it's going to happen in july in fact it's probably kind of the, the rumor is it's going to be three weeks after the ncaa's deadline so it's august 3rd there, there's a hard deadline for kofi cobra and i would assume to make a decision um neither is really you know spoken much on it io has more than kofi but uh do you think um, and not just those two guys, but do you think uh, with the number of guys in there, do you think they would wait to that date or do you think they would make up their mind before that? You, you, they would know now, wouldn't they? Yeah, and I'm not sure how much more information yeah. they're really going to be able to glean about their prospects between now and August 3rd. Um, I'd say most have an idea now. Um, if the schedule would have worked differently where they could have gotten the combine in before you know, this NCAA you know, deadline, Maybe that changes things. Um, but I would assume it seems pretty dead set on the NBA. And he, I spoke with uh, BTN last week where he said, you know, his goal is to be on an NBA team next year. So, But, like, the door is cracked open maybe just enough where, you know, he has that opportunity to come back to Illinois. But that's not his goal. And I don't – I mean, even if he comes back – What's he going to feel about being in college basketball for another year? Where maybe, does he feel like he just got robbed of a shot, you know, at the NBA because of all that's happened? And I mean, he he works so hard enough that I don't I don't think he'd like slack because he was upset. But it's, it'd be an interesting situation. Kofi Coburn, he's not going to get drafted this year. I, I would that would shock me beyond anything. But I am still not showing up in. No, it's not unanimous. Into the second round in some yeah. mock drafts, uh, which, you know, after maybe the first 10 picks, any mock draft basically just <laughs> <laughs> goes to pot anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's not a great situation for his NBA draft prospects, but he is very determined that that's going to be, you know, his next season you know, is in, you know, not at Illinois. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean he's uh you know, he's he's been highly touted for, for so long, dating back to the start of his high school career at, at Westinghouse in Chicago before he transferred to Morgan Park and then just really vaulting up and uh being an elite prospect at Illinois and then having to kind of he's always had doubters about his game. You remember back to when he was coming into Illinois, it was his outside shot needed a whole heck of a lot of work. Well, he worked on that and became a very efficient three-point shooter then it became okay well he was at Illinois started as a freshman they didn't win much at all okay well he turned that notion around too and um like Brad Underwood has said numerous times before in discussing DeSumo and and the NBA draft process is all you need is one team to fall in love with your skill set and that's what the DeSumo camp I think is banking on no matter if he gets picked late in the second round or 
who knows if he doesn't end up getting drafted, what that process will entail in this new world too. If there is a process for him to, to sign as a free agent and, and try to work his way onto a team, or if he ends up in the, the G league or anything like that. So he's got a lot of questions that still need to be answered. He's not a surefire NBA pick. I like, if you think he would have came out after his, after his freshman year, there were talks of him being a late first rounder. And then if not sliding into the second round, and now it seems this stock has dropped even more, but uh, you know, Brad Underwood, I'm sure would tell any NBA talent evaluator that you're going to get a, a guy that knows how to win and, and lead a program and, and do things the right way. And, and that's what I would assume it was proven through his first two seasons at Illinois. Moving up on 523, going to talk a little bit of baseball here, Bob. Going to get your thoughts on this. This We said this last week at this time that it was going to be a key week for the baseball talks. Turned out it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this week has to be a key week, maybe even by midweek, on whether or not baseball is going to get back. The owners presented an offer today that would uh, get the uh, players up to 75% of their prorated salary on a 76 game schedule which would be over the regular season would be over by the end of September September 27th and then the uh, postseason playoffs be done by Halloween which sounds pretty good but uh, I think the players need to uh, weigh in on it and decide whether that's the way they want to go Bob have you looked into that at all what do you think this seems to make the most sense of of anything so far they need to come back and I think that's Gracious to the owners to come up with a reasonable package, but the players need to say, yes, we're going to play. And I think baseball has already missed a chance to really do a nice thing. I think the NBA is a lot better off. People are feeling really good about them because of how they did things. The fact that they came together, they came up with a plan is really reasonable. And baseball could have done this too, maybe earlier, and said, hey, we're going to be ready to go. We're going to be very pro-America, pro-everything, and they didn't do it. So baseball messed up, but they got chance fixes. So I pray they get this thing settled this week, decide you're going to go back to work. We we need you. I mean, we do really do. So I, I hope, I'm praying, hoping that this works out. Well, it should. And it's turned into just kind of a, a public PR nightmare. I mean, it's the billionaires against the millionaires. And, uh, you know, I don't think... American people that are hurting right now really want to hear about owners being upset that they're going to lose revenue and players being upset that they're not going to get paid their their full salary. So uh, they they need to settle at at some point and and move on with the season. I mean, they're trying to figure things out on the fly, and it seems like the players are trying to leverage their whatever hand they can do, and the owners are trying to do the same thing, and, and they both just need to come to the negotiating table, whether it's via zoom or in a small gathering and just figure things out and the the season as a whole is pretty much lost entirely but and who knows in 2021 what crowds will be like at sporting events and and baseball but i mean do you think back to the 1994 strike i mean baseball was hurting for a few years after that and um you know attendance is going to whenever crowds do resume at some point it's still going to be on the low side because people are going to be cautious about going out and uh, everything that's gone on in the last three months or so, but just from a a feel good story to kind of distract people's minds from, and that's what sports is. That's what entertainment is. It's a way to get people's minds off of their everyday worries. Baseball is not doing itself any favors in, in that regard at all. 
And if Plus, they... my team is good. My team is good. <laughs> I'm ready to come back now. They're really good. It's a loaded team, so I want to see them on the field like now. Everybody thinks they have a loaded team before the season starts, <laughs> Bob. You know that. But good point. From the uh, PR point of view, though, you're right. The 4th of July, you know, rah, 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 USA and all mm-hmm. that would be a perfect time to do it. However, a week from today is the middle of June. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how long they need to come back. Actually, the NBA guys, Scott, are taking way longer than I thought they needed to, to actually come back at, at the end of July. You'd think those guys would be closer to being ready to play because their season was was interrupted and they were in top shape. And are there any any athletes in better shape than nba players you know i don't, I don't think you fall out of shape that fast but yeah we're, we're going to go from a, a period on the calendar where there's no sports activities at all to a <laughs> glut of sporting events going on i'll take uh, it across i'll take it too trust me i will take it in a heartbeat it, it's just going to be so interesting to possibly experience an nba finals in early to mid-october with no fans in orlando but hey that's what we're at right now, and I'll definitely take it. I know I'm going to watch some golf this week. Glad the PGA is coming back as well, and I've even tuned into some NASCAR here in the last month or so. I haven't done that because standards still have them. At least wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, people that know Wait me know that that's... Uh, yeah. The phone lines are lighting up right now, Scott Ritchie. Well, that's fine. Uh, that's not going to change my opinion. Anyway, I, I don't want to, like, you know, say... You know, give MLB any credit for what they're doing because just go scorched earth on them just like you did NASCAR. <laughs> no, but like I, their situation is different. I think we have to kind of realize that it's like their season hadn't started. Like the NBA is going to restart, and they're only going to bring twenty-two teams, and they don't, they have eight regular season games in the playoffs. I mean, baseball didn't get a chance to start, so they're talking about how to handle you know a full season that if they keep moving in the way they are is going to be canceled. So it's a different situation, but also one where they need to come up with an answer and stop. I mean, it's either we're coming back, this is the way it is, or baseball's done for 2020. And that's that's what they have to kind of maybe fully realize is like, are you ready to pull the trigger on not having baseball this year? And if there is no baseball this year, who knows what those negotiations for next year are going to be like in 2021. They're going to have to figure out a way to come together, figure out a way to get the fans back. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. No, Rob Manfred has a difficult job. We're hitting the bottom of the hour, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with you until 6. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We mentioned professional golf is returning this week at uh, the Colonial down in Fort Worth, Texas. We'll talk more about that. Other golf matters as well with Illinois uh, men's golf coach Mike Small. That's coming up next on Monday Night Sports Talk. Stay with us here on DWS. Flooring Surfaces is a local business that's open to serve the construction and housing. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly along with the News Gazette sports writers. Sports editor Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen with us on the telephone. Going to talk some golf at the moment. With the line, my golf coach, Mike Small. Smalley, how are you getting along, buddy? I'm doing fine, Steve. How are you guys? How's everybody doing? We're doing good, doing and well. we're anxious to uh, to see the return of some professional golf. The uh, Charles Schwab Challenge down in Texas, uh, the at the Colonial in Fort Worth, uh, coming up this weekend, and then you've got a bunch of guys playing in the uh, Corn Ferry 
event uh, this week as well down at Sawgrass. So it'll be nice to watch some uh, some golf. I guess there won't be much of a crowd there, but at least we're getting closer in that regard in your sport. How are you feeling about that? I'm ready, Steve. I am ready for it. I know a lot of my golfing friends are too, and, and the pros are ready. I know I've talked to a bunch of them, and you know, they've been home obviously following the rules, and some states you can play more golf than others. And I think a lot of those guys found some states where they can keep their game in gear, but I think they're ready to go, and it's going to be weird without fans down there, but I guess the field the field is stacked, and uh, all the, a lot of the top players in the world are going to be there. There's some Champions Tour players playing, and I think uh, I think Strick, I talked to Strick a few days ago, and he said he was planning on maybe giving him a shot to play. So it's, it's a, lot, a lot of entertainment, a lot of stuff to watch this week. Yeah, Strick is in the field, and uh, we'll talk more about that as we move along. But how, how, how different will it be? You've played on the PGA Tour with uh, – fans obviously how different will it be for these guys golf is kind of a kind of a game that can be played by yourself and and not many people around but uh pro uh tour has a, a big crowd but how's it going to feel do you think uh, with the guys in the field well for for strick and rory those would be kind of weird not playing in front of big crowds and when they're playing it'd be kind of like when i played when i played nobody watched me i was always <laughs> laughing off on thursday or friday they were all home having dinner when i was out finishing but uh so they're going to see what it's like to play like i did no but it's um it's going to be interesting to see it's just i think they're going to beat their competitive and they're going to grind it out and they know what this means for their career and obviously the, the earning potential but also um you know the the the, the accolades and what comes off of a successful event and a lot of the young guys are going to be playing hard i think they're all going to be nervous a little bit because they haven't played in three months and i think this is going to be an interesting time i know that the, the the tvs are trying to put some different spin on it and trying to make it good for the people at home but um the players you know golf is golf you know you, when, when you play with your friends at home and you're playing a little money game with your guys there's, there's nobody out there either but you do feed off the crowd you do feed off the energy when you get it there on saturday or sunday late late in the round but um I don't think anybody really knows how it's going to be, but I guess it's going to be like the tour was, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, all, all these guys played college golf and all of them played the mini tours and there weren't fans there. So I think I think they'll be fine. It's just going to be a little odd, but I think it's going to be fine. Coach, what have you uh, – how often have you been in touch with your players here at Illinois? And what has the past three months been like from you just to, in terms of helping them improve their games at a distance? It's been really strange. It's been the strangest thing I've ever, <clears throat> I've ever had. And obviously, as a coach for twenty years, mm-hmm. and but our guys are strong, and we talk about you know always the next shot, not the one you hit, not the one you hit two ago, and and whatever cards you're dealt, you play with, and and just you just keep keep moving forward. And we, we've talked a lot about that. And there's not much you can do by the, with this situation except except take care of your of your game, take care of your grades, take care of how you lead your life, and. Before they left, um, we had a little meeting, and, and we talked about it again on a Zoom call not too long ago. That this is they all want they all want to play professional golf someday. They all say they do. Well, this is their chance to see if they can little little test run at it because they're responsible for their game. They're responsible for their improvement. I'm not there. The coaches aren't there to push them. Um, a lot of the golf courses weren't open for a while, so they had to get creative. You had to take ownership in your game. You had to, you're going to find out how committed you were to getting better and you and, and doing you know, unique and creative ways to improve your game and stay stay uh you know stay vibrant and stay focused on what you're doing so time will tell i, don't, I mentioned the other day i don't think any coach in the country in any sport has an idea what their team is going to be like when they come back because nobody's gone through this thing in any sport mm-hmm. any any trade or it's just something that we're keeping our fingers crossed and, and talking to them individually a lot and 
but now they can get out and play golf. And they all sent us their summer schedules, which is kind of fun this week to get back in the groove. They're all got probably four, four to seven tournaments planned for the rest of summer somewhere around the country. And, and uh, that's exciting. But, you know, they just got to they just got to take it upon themselves and, and, and understand, you know, they all know what they have to do to get better. They've been taught that and told that. Now they have to organize it themselves and be motivated and structured and, and gauge their progress themselves. Coach, this is Bob. You had the you had the Phil and Michael Phil and Tiger thing a couple of weeks ago. It seems like golf is kind of a good, in a good place now because you kind of got the spotlight. How important is that to you? And you really it seems like a great time for the sport to kind of grow because people are going to get to know these guys a little bit better, not just here at the ground, but also see, see the guys in their personalities. I think you're right, Bob. I think that's a good that's a good assessment. I think there's going to be a lot of more maybe coverage of the guys and, and um, you know, what they've been doing and how they've led their lives and kind of how, you know, what they're going through behind the scenes a little bit to maybe cater to more to the TV TV situation right now. But, um, you know, these guys want to compete, and I think it's great for the sport. It's great to those guys to get out. and I think they're going to travel together for the first few weeks, if I, if I read that right. I think they're all going to hop on the same charter plane and travel. And what's weird is if these guys uh, missed the cut on Friday afternoon, they got to stay around until – until Sunday night or Monday to take the charter to the next tournament. Usually you travel by yourself and you control your own travel schedule, but um, there's a huge chance for these guys to really uh, do something unique. And, and, and like you said, you know, be, be the only show in town, really. There's no baseball going on. Basketball hasn't started yet. So there's a chance to golf, to get out there and show some of their personality and show some of their, their skill and talent. And, and the big names are playing. I think all, I think a lot of them, are, I don't think Tigers are here this week, but uh, besides that, I think everybody else is probably playing. Well, and Mike, you mentioned you know, some of your golfers have had, at least early on, you know, after everything shut down, had to get creative and maybe staying active. How much, you know, golf, just maybe on average, have they been able to play? Just and may, you know, how much has that increased here in the last you know month or two yeah, as things have sort of opened back up a little bit? Yeah, I think they're all individual. You know, it, it depends where they're at. Um, Noah Gillard over Indiana had the ability to play a lot more than we did in Illinois. The Illinois kids. Um, were restricted till late, and then they were, uh, you know, the practice facilities weren't open here in Illinois until a couple weeks ago, and they're still restricted at 50% capacity. So, um, but Michael Fiegel's out in Arizona has been open, full bore, no no curtailment on any kind of uh, golf accessibility from day one. So, um, it's all been there for certain guys, um, but the guys in Illinois have definitely had to take a, uh, a back seat to it. But they're all moving now. They're all they're all getting going. They're practicing. They're they're um, they're they're getting back into the routine. And what I was really proud of these guys about is you know they finish off this spring really were great academically again. They had a great semester. Um, very proud of them for that. You know we had to, you know we kept reminding them and talking to them about it. But they had to you know kind of get their schedule and figure out how they were going to study and how they're going to handle class doing also all this online stuff. So that really showed me they're growing up and and they're accountable. And I don't think this team would have gotten to where it is if they weren't. But as a coach, you're always worried about things changing. And um, but they've changed, and I think um, I think they're doing well. A lot of them are playing a lot, and like I said, they're all excited about their summer schedules. Now, there's none of those none of those summer events in Illinois are going to happen because Illinois is not allowing tournaments at least till the end of July. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other but the other the other states are. So our guys have to travel a little more maybe to get out and play. But um, you know, there, there's. This would be very interesting. It's just going to be very interesting from my point to see who, how they develop and, and what their structure is and, and, and implementing what they've learned 
and see if they can do it themselves. It's a very, very interesting time for me. Talking uh, golf with Illinois golf coach Mike Small. Talk a little bit about the makeup of your team as you uh, anticipate the start of the fall season. You've got a couple of seniors who elected to, to come back. Talk a little bit about your depth and uh, who the leaders might be and what you expect for the 2020-2021 uh, season. Well, our depth is, uh, has always been a kind of a, a safety net for us. Even years we had smaller teams, we still had a deep team. And with Michael and Giovanni coming back, two seniors, um, they bring a lot of experience, a lot of potential. Um, when they play well, they play well. Now, consistency needs to get a little stronger with those guys, and I think adding the extra year is going to help them. I think any sport, anybody comes back and has that maturity, uh, it's got to help. Now, that being said, a lot of the teams in the country, a lot of the seniors are coming back because of the playing opportunities for young pros is not as prevalent um, moving forward with this with the COVID-19 stuff. So um, a lot of indecision out there. So a lot of those guys decided to come back. And then PGA University, I don't know if you saw that, PGA Tour University, I think it's called, where um, certain the, the top 15 players in college golf now are going to get preferential status and some exemptions on the Corn Ferry Tour and some other tours um, after graduation. So a lot of the seniors are, are back, and I think uh, Giovanni and Michael are going to help are going to help that. And then um, obviously after that, we got some depth with Adrian and Jerry, who played a lot this year. Uh, they're, they're they're young, and um, you know Brennan O'Reilly has 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 a good chance. He's been getting better and better and stronger, and um, you know Noah Gillard played good this spring. So. Um, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, the guys are getting better. Um, I think you'll see in the next couple of weeks, we've added, we've added a player or two. We're going to probably announce that here pretty soon. And, uh, we're trying to move forward as just as much as any other program is. And, and then, um, you talk about our incoming freshman, Pearson Hunt, the last, uh, junior golf rankings in the country. He's 11th in his class and 15th overall. So he shot up the rankings the last probably nine months to a year and something we had hoped and saw the potential to do when we signed him a year ago. And, coming in out of Wisconsin and a top young freshman, he's going to bring a lot of competitiveness into the, into the program as well. So I'm excited. I just can't wait to get back and get these guys competing head to head and, and making run this thing. Because when this thing went out March 13th, I remember specifically, we were getting ready to head to spring break and we were on such a high, such a momentum uh, trend for that early in the year that we were getting ready to play some good golf and obviously it got shut down. So I can't wait to get back in August and restart this thing. Mike, how much does the, the pandemic uh, affect what you want to do when it comes to scheduling for your team, either in the fall season or uh, or next spring at all? That's a big question. I spent a lot of time this last two or three months looking at budgets, working with their administration, how we're going to handle certain situations that may arise. Um, the NCAA is looking at some certain things that are still in the makings of, of, of schedule and competition days and even adjusting the NCAA championship. Um, some tournaments, I don't think any tournaments have canceled yet, but a lot of the schools, a lot of the mid-major schools are curtailing their, their travel budgets and backing out of tournaments. So, uh, we've had one team back out of our event at Olympia Fields is all, uh, Oklahoma State backed out a couple, maybe a month or two ago, um, giving back some travel, travel budgets for all their Olympic sports. So it's just something that's a fluid day-to-day thing. And I think the June 15th date's a big one in our sport. We're kind of going to kind of get a, get, a, get a better idea of of maybe where college is, you know, this, is going this fall with with budgets and mm-hmm. some different departments deciding what they want to do. But it's a fluid situation, and uh, Josh has done a great job in our department and trying to keep the status quo and kind of locking down the, the, the door a little bit now so we can be prepared for a successful fall and, and um, you know, kind of getting that going, but it's it's. I guess really no, nobody really knows the answer. That's why it's fluid and just trying to trying to play it day by day and and, and just hope that um, 
that we can get back playing this fall. Because if this thing, if something happens and 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 all these uh, this pandemic continues and we're and restrictions are about are imposed again, who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. This whole thing could get a little crazy. Yeah. Coach, coach, what is your your game personally? Bob, I'm playing pretty dang good. I've, I've played more. <laughs> I, so. I mean, it feels good to say that. I've I've played some. I've played golf in town more the last two two and a half weeks than I played in town probably the last five years combined. I played with some friends that I haven't played with in a long time, and I've had some good little games, and I've shot some really good scores, and I've I've had a chance to get out and play golf with really nothing else on my mind except just when I'm in my office at home trying to figure out those things we just talked about. But you know, I don't have the the nine to ten eleven guys have to worry about where they're at and what they're doing and working with them all day long. It's just been kind of a, you know, it's been freer for me. So my game has been fresher and I've actually got some work done on it. So I'm playing an event next week in St. Louis, uh, the Metropolitan Open, which is a professional event um, in St. Louis that me and Justin, my assistant coach, are both going to play in and and uh, enjoy the competition for what it is and enjoy going out and seeing some young young pros and see if I can make a little money. And then in the National Club Pro, the professional championship that I've played in a bunch of times that I wasn't going to be able to play in anymore because it's moved to April has now been rescheduled for July. So I got a chance to go back and maybe try to win that one again. That's down in Austin in July, and that's a big goal I'm looking forward to. So it kind of gives me some motivation to go out and play a little more and work on my game when I can. But, again, we just try to make a positive out of a negative. And would I much rather be with these guys and preparing for a championship and getting them better? Well, of course. But if they can't, then I'm going to go play some golf and see how good I can get. Mike, on a lighter note, Bob has written and endorsed before you to fill, potentially someday fill the role of athletic director at Illinois. How glad are you that you're not in Josh Whitman's position with everything that's been <laughs> thrown on his desk these last three months? Bob, be careful now. Don't be doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, you'd be um, great. You would be great. I, I tell you what, I've I've watched from afar and just been in these meetings, and Josh has done a wonderful job keeping the morale up and keeping people focused and. And, um, you know, trying to deal with all the, the barrage of problems that are coming his way with this COVID thing. It's just, I mean, it, it, we, we, we thought it was tough the first three months of this thing. Now the, ro- the work really starts when you got to figure out with all the budgets depleted and the money not coming in from TV and all the possible things and then safety for the student athletes and safety for the fans and the employees. This is when the work really starts. And uh, I'm just glad we got great administration and great people handling that and kind of forward thinkers. They can handle this when it comes, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm thankful that I have, uh, like I said, golf to worry about. And my golfers. Beyond that, this is something those guys are, uh, our administrators are definitely earning their money. I know that. That's Illinois golf coach Mike Small. We appreciate your time. Always love talking golf with you, and we'll do it again soon, Mike. Thanks very much. Likewise, guys. I always enjoy it, and take care and be safe. You thanks, too. coach. Thanks, coach. Illinois golf coach Mike Small with us. Need to take a break here at 548. Monday Night Sports Talk will continue after this. Stay with us. 551 Monday Night Sports Talk with you for another eight or nine minutes. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Some other news notes of the day to kick around here a little bit. The basketball news of sorts, schedule-wise, of course, Illinois scheduled to play in the Emerald Coast Classic the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, what is it, 27, 28, 29, I think, are the uh, yep, dates of right. November. Uh, down in uh, the Destin-Niceville area of Florida. I was down there with them the last time they played there. 
Were you? No, Marcus was. Marcus was still, still, doing, on, the still on the beat. That was the day. Uh, That's a nice place down there. It was the day Bill Cubitt got his two-year contract. Was it? Yeah, I remember that. They're going to play in that again, and it appears they're going to play Florida in one of the uh, semifinal matches, and the other side of the bracket has Oregon against Iowa State. Yeah, Florida's an interesting matchup for Illinois. Um, it was kind of in, in an interesting spot. Uh, they're very wing-heavy. Yeah, that's They return three starters. They're all kind of in that two-three small ball four type role. Um, but have to replace arguably their best two players uh, in some ways. You know, Kerry Blackshear was a grad transfer last year from Virginia Tech, so he's done. Uh, but then their point guard, Andrew Nimhard, uh, entered the draft, pulled his name out the end of May, and then kind of surprisingly said he was going to transfer. Uh, so <laughs> The trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it went from bad to good to bad off you know, kind of quickly there for Florida. But, I mean, losing your starting point guard, he had started the last two years, uh, kind of a big deal. And they don't have a ready-made replacement necessarily for him. And didn't have a great recruiting class either. Uh, also didn't have a great... They had a lot of hype going into last season, did not live up to it um, at, at all. Uh, so it's just another uh, you know, power six opponent, though, for Illinois' schedule. And they're going to, non conference wise, going to be kind of loaded in that regard with Arizona, uh, Missouri, uh, some ACC team, some Big East team in the Gavit games. And then, you know, they're guaranteed Florida and then either Oregon or Iowa State, depending on the results. So could end up with one of the, the better tougher strength of schedules in the country the uh, basketball tournament i'm told is going to be played at least they're planning on playing it and the u of i kind of has a team in that called the house of pain made up mostly of former illini guys but they added two uh, non-illini guys to the roster today tell us about these two guys well it was all former illini until yeah. today but that you know we had michael tulip on a few weeks ago and he said that you know, that was probably going to be the case. They're going to add some maybe non-Illinois guys. But they have ties, at least, the two new guys, to the state or uh, the team, the House of Pain team. Uh, Matt Mooney is a Wakanda native, went to Niles Notre Dame, and then Air Force South Dakota, South Dakota state. state, and then was on Texas Tech's national runner-up team. Uh, played in the G League. Good and shooter. With, and with the Cleveland Cavs on a two-way deal uh, this past year. So that's a, a good get for them. And then uh, – the other addition was oh, Kyle Vinales, I think. I probably maybe pronounced that right. Vinales, I yeah. think that is right. Um, went to Central Connecticut State like from 2011 to 13. Uh, has played overseas since 2015. And most recently, uh, played in Estonia with Michael Finke. They're on the same team. Then was on the same all-star team in the VTB United League with Malcolm Hill. So he knows two of his uh, new teammates. Um and that puts them at nine, I think, for the roster. So that should be it. Um, now it's just a matter of uh, the basketball tournament selecting its now 24-team uh, tournament field. And uh, I would imagine, I mean, I guess there's no guarantee the House of Pain's in, but TBT's kind of been doing power rankings the last few weeks, and you know, the, the Illinois team has been in the top ten uh, all the way through. So I would assume that they're going to have a spot. It'd be kind of hard to do power rankings on <laughs> a team like that. I don't, I don't mean just the House of Pain. Just for any of them. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys obviously have extensive basketball experience. Um, overseas elite, which is, I think they've won three uh, of the tournaments. Uh, added Joe Johnson, former NBA star, uh, 
was in the big three, I think, at last check. Does he realize he has to run up and down the whole He's got to go full court now. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe. But, yeah, it's like these teams are kind of put together in the summer for, for just this. Like, you never know how they're actually going to look on the court. So it's more maybe just based on a little name recognition, perhaps. But Illinois, you know, was, I think they were seventh in the last one I saw. So seemed to have a good spot. 5.55, need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Got about a minute left. Scott Ritchie, what you working on basketball-wise we're going to read about soon. What he's not working on. Yeah, well, I've got uh, several stories coming uh, about Illinois basketball from my conversations with uh, the coaches yeah, at the end of last week. Uh, and then Sunday, the next... Uh, Installment. Installment, that's the word. I, yeah. I just totally You're blanked. Blank in there. Yeah, uh, kind of my, my ode to college basketball will run. 68 questions, kind of on just college basketball as a whole. There's no bracket involved, though. But. No. But 68 some just seemed like the, the right number. Hey, Bob, good talking to you. Hope to see you one of these days. I'll be back. I'm just glad he's still on the phone. Good job, Bob. He's still with us. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good that's it for uh, the show tonight on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. This has been Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good evening, everybody.